0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad.
1: Okay. So Mike Smith thumb injury for the Oilers going to be out at least a week. McDavid and dry No surprise. will be representing the Pacific division at the all-star game in Vegas. NHL this evening, early in the third lightning lead the Canucks two one. Start of the third period Bruins up three, two on Philly halfway through the third blue jackets hammering Carolina. It is five, nothing. Line has a goal, his fifth of the season. Late second period, Winnipeg up two-nothing on the Red Wings. Cop has both goals now up to 10 on the season. Late second period, Islanders two, Devils 1. Early second period, Kraken 1, Blues nothing, Sabres 1, Predators nothing. And about 13 minutes into the first, Blackhawks up one-nothing on the Canadians. Montreal has yet to register a shot on goal. Senators and Flames just getting underway in Calgary. And then Saturday night, 6:30 face-off show. 8 o'clock puck drop. The Oilers back at it at long last as they will be hosting the Ottawa Senators. There you go. Uh, Coming up later, by the way, Penguins and the Kings and the Rangers will take on the Sharks. Uh, Great to have Warren Moon on the show and we have some more football here as the Edmonton Elks added more members uh, to the coaching staff today. They got the hiring of Anthony Vitali, offensive line coach, Brandon Isaac, defensive backs coach, and uh, a couple coaches coming back. Cam Robinson will stay with the linebackers and remaining with the double E. He's been on the coaching staff since 2016, and he joins us now on Inside Sports, defensive line coach Demetrius Maxey. Demetrius, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, man?
2: Big Reed, how
1: you doing, brother? I'm, I'm surviving and thriving. Okay, where are you hanging out these days? Did you stay here all winter, or where do you go?
2: You know what? I'm I'm back and forth, right? I'm like a snowbird. I, I live in Arizona, and I have a home in Edmonton, so I love it both ways.
1: Okay, good stuff. Well, there's probably less snow and ice in Arizona right now, but that's, uh, that's how it goes <laughs> sometimes. Well, hey, uh, you know, welcome back. Uh, obviously, you've been with the team a while, which I want to talk about, but I also want to ask... The last few weeks for you because there were some major changes three significant members of the organization were let go Chris Jones comes in you know he's a new guy were you, like is that an uneasy experience for you as, as a coach like how, how has it been the last few weeks
0: Um,
2: it, you know it, it, you never want to see anybody get fired you know you're always excited for when somebody get hired um, so, you know, it, it's, it's part of, uh, the business that we are in, you know, cause we, we're taking chances all the time. And if, if you, if you're winning, you're the, you're the greatest hero in the world. If you're losing, then it's a problem. So, you know, that's, that's, that's where we were. And, you know, I, I, I took it for what it was and, and I understand the business.
1: Yeah. Well, you're back and you've been here now since 2016. I mean, that's a long stint for a coach, Demetrius. Uh, Why has Edmonton been a good fit for you, do you think?
2: Well, you know what? I guess it started off with me being a scout. I started off in 2013 as a scout. Um, So I was there when we won the Grey Cup in 15. Um, Just being in the league for over 26 years as as a player and a coach... Uh, kind of got a good understanding on what we have to do and what we need to do to get it done. As far as what I need, what I did is I made sure that we communicated at all times as far as what we did up front and relate to the defense and as a team. So I'm a great communicator, I believe, with, with my players and with the group that I'm working with. And also that I, I believe that I communicate with the team as a whole, you know, and I believe the, the athletes really understand who I am and I understand them. So it w- we just had a great relationship. And once you communicate with the athletes and the administration, this and that, it is it, it, the word gets out, right? So I, I don't know. That's, that's just been me. I'm a great communicator, I believe.
1: Okay. Well, good for you. And that's important as a coach. How often do you reference and maybe you don't do it at all. Maybe maybe you'd prefer not to do it. When you're coaching guys, how often do you reference your playing career and, and your experiences as a player? Do current players want to hear about that? Or do they just want, you know, Coach Maxie? They don't care what you did when you played. Because to all these younger guys, you might as well be 140 years old, right? <laughs>
2: Yeah, no doubt. That's the way I feel when I'm when I'm standing next to them. But you know, they great athletes. But these guys, you know, that some some of them they they want to talk about what you done did and how you did it and how you survived so long. And the other ones just want to know what type of coach you're gonna be. So you know, it's a mixture of of both. You know what I mean? I, I try not to talk about myself at all, if any. Um, I just try and get a, get points across on what we need them to do and how we need to get get them to get it done. And you know, when when you talk to the players like that and be honest with them and tell them what they what they need to do to get it done, then you know they just they gravitate to you. You know what I mean? And and you know, having the experience that I had in the CFL, yes, that's that's a plus. You know what I mean? I, that that makes you an inspiration to a lot of the guys that. get motivated and and want to stay as long as you did or possibly even longer right
1: well for sure and i mean you had a you had a great career from 95 to 2007 one of the great things about football is i think it it changes and evolves more frequently and more rapidly than any other sport I, you know, even think back to the, to the nineties or early two thousands. I think, you know, both the NFL and the CFL things have changed. There's different philosophies. Offenses use more formations and then the defense has to adjust and all that kind of stuff. How, how do you think being a defensive lineman has changed the most since you played about 15 years ago?
2: You know, um, that position really never changes dramatically. You know what um but on the edges you have you have quicker more explosive faster defensive ends on interior you have more powerful and great ability to change directions fast interior guys um but you 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 have a sprinkler of those guys. <laughs> year in and year out, no matter what year it was or what century it was, it's all pretty much the same. But what I can say is the offensive linemen have grown tremendously. They're some monsters. You know, you you have guys that are 6'6", six, 6'9", six, six, 360 pounds, and they're moving like, you know, uh, gazelles. So, you know, as far as that position, I believe that, position has evolved tremendously
1: I, I want to ask you about one you know, one player on your team last year uh because i didn't know much about him before the season i mean we were talking a lot about uh botang and bets and, and Moore and some of the other guys you had and then this guy kind of uh emerged and, and seems like maybe a star in the making thomas costigan I, I thought he really stood out a lot what can you tell me about this young man
2: uh, well thomas uh he's uh, exciting uh he's He's creative, he's, he has a, 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 a bulldog attitude, and that's what you want to have as far as a defensive lineman. You want an aggressive defensive lineman. Uh, Thomas have all those great attributes. He's quick, he's fast, he's explosive, uh, and he's powerful. He's young, so he need, he, it's, it's going to take a little bit more time for him to grasp the lead and understand, you know, how to, to maintain his body and mind and just continue to be a a stellar athlete that he is right now. But Thomas has been a great addition to what we needed for the Elks this past season. He's going to be competing with a bunch of great guys that Coach Jones and and the staff is going to bring in. So it's going to elevate his play even that much more, I believe.
1: Yeah, okay. Good stuff. Demetrius Maxey, the Elks defensive line coach, joining us on Inside Sports. I'm going to throw one more at you. I don't know where this came up if somebody if it was a blog or somebody tweeted something but the the theme was name the most unusual sports stat or fact that you're aware of and somebody replied that an american team has won the grey cup more recently than a canadian team has won the stanley cup <laughs> and i believe you're one of the guys <laughs> responsible for that <laughs> cuz were, were you not a baltimore stallion in 1995
2: I definitely was, and, it, and I enjoyed every moment of it.
1: What was? T- tell me about that, that. I mean, and then obviously they got an NFL team and the Stallions came to Canada, but uh, tell me about playing Canadian football in Baltimore that, that year and having such a great team.
2: Man, it, it was – well, first of all, I started off with a great coach like as Don Matthews was. He made everything easy for you, right? Um the 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 fan base in baltimore and the support from the city was amazing um it was we were their professional football team it wasn't a cfl team it wasn't an nfl team it was a professional football team in the heart of baltimore and that place was rough but the, the, the fans stood by us, uh, and they gave us all their support. And when we won that great cup, man, the entire, it felt like all of Maryland was there to greet us at the pier. And it was a great moment, and I'll never forget it. And and I would always appreciate them for being there for us and supporting us. You know, um, we, we, we paved the way in order to get, the Baltimore Ravens back in there right you know because we they, they saw how great those fans were and how appreciated they were to have a professional football team in that city and they opened the gates up for them more power to them hey we the CFL and <laughs> I'm grateful for that moment but I'm happy even more that I'm still in the CFL doing my thing and enjoying my moment
1: Right on. Okay, cool memories. Well, Demetrius, thanks for checking in tonight. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Congratulations on being back on the Elks coaching staff here. Uh, I'm sure you're going to have a blast working with Chris Jones and all your colleagues. I hope to talk to you again soon. Happy New Year.
2: Thank you, brother. Happy New Year to you, Reed. Take care, brother. That is
1: Demetrius Maxi checking in tonight on Inside Sports. Who, uh, Yes, I mean, great. Uh, I'm sure you remember him as uh, a player because he was coming after our quarterbacks for, for a lot of years. And he played uh, Saskatchewan a couple of years and Calgary from 03 to 07. So part of the battle of Alberta rivalry and now uh, doing a great job coaching the Elks defensive line. Good to have him on the show for sure. Okay. So I threw it out earlier. Cause Warren moon was on the show and I asked him about playing games at Lambeau field. So uh, I have not been to Lambeau field. I've been to four NFL games and they've all been in Seattle. So uh, that's, that's my experience. But I'm sure some of you, and, and again, to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC, you're going to have to go through Green Bay. They got the number one seed. So they're, they're at home as long as they keep winning. Uh, so 780-496-0063, if you want to text in a little story or call me on the hotline presented by Teed professional-grade building materials, I'd love to hear about uh, your pilgrimage, your experience at Lambeau Field. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. The frozen tundra Lambeau Field. I believe we have a, a couple of individuals who have an experience visiting that famous stadium. We'll start with Al at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hey Al, what's on your mind, man?
3: How are you doing, Reed? Yeah, just uh Lambo Lambo was, was a bucket list obviously, and when we went there, it was uh, over the top. We got the Rockstar tour, but it was uh, an amazing experience.
1: Okay, now the, the Rock Star Tour. That sounds interesting. What did this involve, Al? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what it was is
3: is uh, somebody's and I were up. We're from Red Deer. We were up at the Kevin Low Roast this summer uh, uh, with uh, Barry Stafford and Brian Anstis, and and there was a fundraiser for the Cross Cancer, and um, they had a package there to the I can't remember what it was called, but the Lambo Experience. And Red Batty, who's a longtime equipment manager, think like 40 years or something, with the Packers, was our host. So <laughs> we were. We were fortunate, I guess, and unfortunate because it cost us some money, but it was good. Went to a great cause, and we went down to Lambeau uh, to Green Bay for a weekend, and and had the full uh, full tour, uh, red seats on Sunday to the game, Seahawks and and Packers. But we um, we basically had full access to the Green Bay, uh, the Packers dressing room and training facilities on the field, and it was over the top.
1: Okay, so what struck you, because obviously the stadium is, is, is an older stadium, and as Warren Moon was mentioning, you know, I still think that it's all bench seating and stuff, right? So can you contrast that with the dressing room and the and the training facilities and stuff?
3: Well, that was the kind of bizarre part, because, you know, when you, you I mean, Green Bay is a you know, small town or whatever, and you, you, you get to the, you know, you go to the hotel, and it's like two blocks away, and it's just the parking lots everywhere, and a few bars in between, and you walk up to the stadium, and it looks like a pretty modern new stadium, and Basically, what they've done is they built a new kind of a, a facade or an atrium around the old stadium. And you go in there, and it's just ultra-brand new and state-of-the-art towel everywhere. And, you know, they have their Hall of Fame room. that's inside the inside that new atrium part. And that's where they built their new indoor training facilities. And, and uh, that all attaches in there. And then uh, when you go out in, the, in the bowl and, you know, we tour in there, and you just look down, and it's just... Just this gray aluminum, like it's just bench seating everywhere. And it's just wild to see this this, this big you kind know, of just a oval shape, not oval shape, but right. it just goes real to the 100 foot, there's a 100 yard stadium, the football field, and then just this this gray aluminum seating everywhere, and everyone just shuffles together and stands <laughs> well, You don't even sit, you stand. Oh, you stood we the whole there, game. Like, when we were there, it was like minus three or something that day, and, and somebody gave us the heads up is, you know, it's go and buy yourself a foam seat cushion, but all you do is you put it on your feet, so you stand on it. Oh. So you don't even sit on it. So the beauty part was when we was when we uh, we went there, and of course you bring in this cushion in, and, and uh, well we had the great Green Bay Packer uh, uh, tailgate party at a private party before, which Red set us up at. It was amazing, and and uh, and then we go into the stadium, and, and you stand on this foam thing, but it snowed. It starts snowing that morning, so it was a great experience because all of a sudden you want to be at Lambeau It's snowing. Snow starts coming down, and and uh, you know, but then it was kind of warm enough that it was melting. And um, and uh, you stand on this foam foam pad, and shoes keep dry, and you don't you, the cold doesn't go through your feet, and you huddle up. And I mean, it's tight; like you're you're just squished in together. But I mean, we had 15 rows up on the 50 yard line. That was outstanding.
1: And was that not the game that uh, Green Bay? Because uh, I'm a Seahawks fan, and they obviously weren't very good. This yeah. wasn't that the game 17 nothing, and it looked like no like wasn't there wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. there a risk of that game being a scoreless tie for a while?
3: Oh, it was so bad. Like, all the scoring happened starting in the third quarter. It was like boring as hell. And, you know, things started happening <laughs> in the third and the fourth. It was great. Right so, on. The oh. cool part The cool part with us is we get to went out for dinner with Red the night before and cool little quaint restaurants. And, and, then, and then he goes, well, let's go back to the stadium. So we went back to the stadium at like 9.30 and toured the dressing room out in the field and they had it all tarped off and covered, heating the field that night because they knew the snow was coming that night. And, it was just the four of us, <laughs> four of that's us in Lambo awesome. until, until midnight. <laughs> it was it was beyond cool. Well,
1: oh, thanks for sharing that, Alan. Thanks for listening, man. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, Reed. That's Al. Well, wow, that's quite a Lambo uh, Lambo story. I believe we got something for Matt as well on the Certainty Hotline.
0: Hey, Matt, go ahead. Hey there, Reed. Hey. Hey. Uh, well, actually, know I was calling. This isn't regarding the Lambo field, but it is a, regarding a. Uh, a strange statistic that these things happen in sports. Okay. I am currently the current record holder for Alberta for penalty differential. I you think Brad, I'm I'm sometimes inspired by uh, Brad Marchand or uh, Sean Avery. I have a penalty differential in all of Alberta of 33 minutes. I do 109 minutes, almost two hockey games worth of penalties. The other thing I wanted to mention, and who did you play Rob for? Stuff. Sorry, I played for the Swamp Donkeys.
1: And what league is that? NCHL. Okay. All right. Well, the
0: that's us play record. The other record. thing I wanted to mention was Bob Stauffer always looks so skeptical.
1: On TV, Stauffer always looks so skeptical.
0: Yeah, he's always kind of like his eyebrow up. He's like, he's like, as if like, he's, like, he's, like, he's expecting someone to say something rhetorical back. Okay. I've seen it on TV, but I've seen it on TV. I'm like, Does, it's like he doesn't believe you or something. It <laughs> was that like the Rock, the rock's uh, raised elbow, the raised, the Rock raised eyebrow all the time. I okay. love that.
1: Okay, perfect. Well, hopefully Bob heard that. Thank you, Matt. Okay, we got Jake Neighbors from your Edmonton Oil Kings coming up after the 7.30 news.